the liturgical sense of the readings at Mass. According to our liturgical calendar, today is the last and 34th Sunday in ordinary time and the close of another liturgical year. Beginning next Sunday, we will begin our procession through Advent and into the Christ Mass. It is something beautiful to consider that right before we turn our attention to the infancy narratives of Christ Jesus, we pause to reflect on the inheritance of his kingship and on our dependence on him as our king. The first reading today for the solemnity of Christ the King comes from 2 Samuel chapter 5 verses 1 through 3 and is filled with beautiful, covenantal, and prophetic language. Chapter 5 concerning the anointing of David to be king of all of Israel opens up with all the tribes of Israel coming to David in the city of Hebron and saying, here we are, your bone and your flesh. This is creation, covenantal, and sacramental language. It sounds like what Adam exclaimed when he first saw his bride. This one, at last, is the bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman. The people of Israel identifying with their new king in this way signals that they belong to him and he to them. Another example of covenantal language is in the next verse when the tribes recount what God had done for them through David and how he was chosen by God, not them. In the same way that a father would repeat the Haggadah on the night of the Passover to remind his family what God had done for his people through Abraham and Moses, and that they could not save themselves. God needed to miraculously step into creation for them to be saved. Here they say, And in days past when Saul was our king, it was you who led the Israelites out and brought them back. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel, and shall be commander of Israel. Yet David has a choice to participate in his calling. He could reject this tribal and earthly kingship, just as Jesus would in centuries to come, but he does not. He accepts the call of God upon his life. And on that day, before the Lord, he made a covenant with the tribes to be their king, and they anointed him as such, David, the king of Israel. In verse 4, the text informs us that David was only 30 years old when he began his reign, which, tradition informs us, was the same age when Jesus would begin his earthly ministry. David, being anointed king of Israel, should not only call us into understanding how the promise of God to give Israel king forever is perfectly fulfilled in Christ Jesus, the king of heaven and earth, but should also remind us of our own inheritance and anointing that we received through the liturgy. On the day we were anointed with the sacred chrism oil, a baptism. On that day, our anointing by the Holy Spirit incorporated us into Christ, who was anointed priest, prophet, and king. Through him, we participate in this threefold office in the world and fulfill in another way the promise of God to give his people their king forever, 
through the seed of David, who came as the bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh, but also as God. The second reading from Colossians chapter 1 verses 12 through 20 contains an early confession on creedal hymn of the church beginning in verse 15. This hymn should remind every Catholic of the truths we confess in the glory of Chesideo and in the creeds about who Christ Jesus is and of his role in creation and in salvation history. Reminiscent of our confession about Christ in the Nicene Constantinople Creed and in the opening of the Gospel of John, the first stanza of this hymn in verses 15 through 17 declares that Christ's dominion as king encompasses the entire cosmos because they were created by him and for him. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. The second stanza of this hymn in verses 18 through 20 speaks of Christ's role as redeemer of his fallen creation. Man cannot save himself because he did not create himself. Man cannot save the environment because he did not create it. We alone cannot save the church because we are not the head of it. Only the author of creation can save what he created. Only the one who has dominion over all things can heal all things. Only the head of the church can save the church, for he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he himself might be preeminent. For in him all of the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things for him, making peace by the blood of the cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. During this sea cycle of our liturgical year, our ordinary time Sunday gospel readings have all been drawn from the gospel of Luke and have taken us on a journey through the prayerful life of our Lord and Redeemer and those who had followed him today. Our reading from Luke is drawn from chapter 23, verses 35 through 43. It is truly something to consider that the life of Jesus of Nazareth began with a king, Herod, trying to kill him because he felt that the coming of the Messiah threatened his kingship. While throughout his ministry, Jesus had rejected the efforts of his followers to make him their earthly king. Before his crucifixion, he enters into Jerusalem's donkey looking very much like any earthly king. And then his life here on earth concludes with Pontius Pilate placing a crown of thorns on a purple cloak about his body and fixing a placard above his head on a cross that read, King of the Jews. Surely after he ascended into heaven, Stephen saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God 
And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. Acts chapter 7 verses 55 through 56. What type of message is the sacred scriptures conveying to us here? It seems as though the Holy Spirit is communicating to us that, yes, Jesus the Christ is your king, but he is not the king that you expected, desired, or even tried to make your own. This message draws us back in today's first reading from 2 Samuel chapter 5 verses 1 through 3, when the tribes of Israel reminded David that it was God, not them, who chose him to be their king. Salvation is really that simple. It is as simple as accepting in love that Christ Jesus is king of every aspect of our life. Just as the tribes of Israel turned to David for leadership, guidance, protection, and justice as their king, so too do we turn to our King Jesus for those things and more. Salvation is not hard for God. Salvation is as simple as a criminal being crucified and telling, not asking. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus telling him, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This man understood the most basic thing to know about humanity and the most important thing to know about God, that is, we, our mere humanity, does not have the power to save anything, most especially ourselves. But it is Christ Jesus alone, through his redemptive work on the cross, that has the power to save all things today. The beautiful thing about all of the liturgical traditions of our church is that all they want to do is to show us who Christ Jesus is and to remind us that we cannot save ourselves. The liturgy just wants to impress upon our minds and hearts that we have an eternal King who loves us so much that He came to participate in our humanity so that we might come to participate in His divinity through which we receive our inheritance in Him forever in heaven. The world may not know that Jesus is King already and that there is nothing that we can do to crown Him King nor anything that we can do to dethrone Him inasmuch as they have already tried. Christ is King forever and eternal. He is King of all things and of every aspect of our life even those aspects that we refuse to voluntarily place under his authority. In this way too, the liturgy, through its repetition of incorporating our entire body, all of our senses and all of our languages into an, an active participation, wants to train us into being devoted to our eternal king. That's what the liturgy is doing. It's not subjecting us to our king, rather it is courting us into loving our king because it is essentially vital for ourselves, our family, and for all creation that we do. This is just one way how the readings at Mass this Sunday connect to the liturgy and how the liturgy is forming us 
how to live our lives in the world. Be in the world which you have received through the liturgy. I am David L. Gray. Visit me online at davidlgray.info for more content and context about the liturgical sense of the scriptures.